welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I am your host, Lauren. I'm Jules. And I'm Jai. Hi. Hey, there's three of us today. Yay. And we're talking Girl Interrupted from 1999, directed by James Mangold. Yes. So excited. Winona Ryder, Angelina Jolie, Brittany Murphy, uh, Elizabeth Moss, uh, Clea Duvall, Whoopi Goldberg. Vanessa Everyone. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, what's his name? Jared Leto. Uh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Oh, that's like Jordan Catalano. Um, yeah, it's crazy. This movie's crazy. This I was my seen first. It so long. Oh, sorry. Oh uh, no, go for it. <laughs> this is my first Elizabeth Moss movie. Oh, and, that was a question. Has anyone seen Handmaid's Tale? Has anyone seen Mad Men? Yeah, I've seen her. I actually. I've seen her in a lot of movies recently and then obviously those two shows but I was so shocked when I rewatched this movie the other night because I was like oh my god when I first watched it I didn't know who she was because she wasn't famous she wasn't known at the time you know this is 99 this is the only movie I think I've ever seen with Elizabeth Moss too she's done lots of movies recently yeah she did one recent one that was kind of cool um it, it was, I, I won't give much away, but basically, like, she's framed for a murder. And yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, it was a really good yeah, trailer. I can't remember ads. what it's called, but it was really good. Oh, okay, I've seen the ads. I just haven't seen any recently. And then there's that one with, um, I think it's Johnny Depp. What movie is that? I, I think it. I think it's I have to look all this up now. Invisible Man, I think. Oh, I've oh. heard of Invisible. That sounds Wait. like something. Oh, yeah, The Invisible Man. Yeah. Okay, cool. But, but anyway, she's really good. She's amazing. She used to be married to Fred Armisen. No way. She's a Scientologist. Uh, oh. <laughs> Wait, which is it? She's a Scientologist? Yep. Wow, I'm really surprised that Fred Armisen would have married a Scientologist. I know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess. I don't know. Nothing I think she was born in anymore. it, too. I think she was born in it. Oh. Like, yeah, like, I don't think she converted. I think that's, like, all she knows, really. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. We could have a whole episode, like, just on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a celebrity in Scientology. <laughs> yeah, was, right. Um, she was in Us. Remember that movie? Oh yeah, that's right. I have yeah, seen that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot because she's on that in us, yeah. And she's actually I watched this movie the other night. It's called The One I Love. It's really good. What's that? It's like 2014. Yeah, she's in a lot. Shit, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen a lot of these movies. The Kitchen, uh, The French Dispatch. Oh no, that's that oh god, Wes Anderson. Fucking shit. Um <laughs> Her Smell, I think, is another one where she plays like some like rock star. Like a lead singer of a band, hmm. a self-destructive punk rocker struggles with sobriety while trying to recapture the creative inspiration that led to her band to success. Um, she's in that. She's in that. She's like the singer. Cara Delevingne's also in that. Oh, it was what last year? Oh, 2018. It was like three years ago. So yeah, and also Mad Men. I mean, and Handmaid's Tale. Now, I guess like that's like the big thing that she's in. Yeah. But yeah, oh, Winona Ryder, love, love, love. I can't. I can't. I love her. You know, I literally think she was my ultimate like girl crush growing up. She really was. Because I thought uh, the first thing I ever saw her in was Beetlejuice. 
Yeah. That was the first movie I ever watched. And then there were all those movies like Little Women and mm-hmm. then Mermaid. there was, um, Edward Scissorhands and all of those, right? Heathers. Heathers, yeah. And I remember thinking, like, she's my ultimate, like, I thought that she was, like, the most beautiful, coolest girl. And I was quite young to sort of identify that, but I knew that she was, like, really cool, like, when, like, really young, you know? Yeah. I think she's just so pretty. Like, if I could look like anyone, I think it would be her. I think it would be her for sure. I love Winona Ryder, but we all know my favorite standout girl is Angelina Jolie. I am obsessed I with her. I know you are. Oh. probably my favorite. Oh, I'm so obsessed with Angelina Jolie. Like, in reality, in real life, I just think she's so amazing. I, like, can't. I can't even handle how amazing she she's is. She's an amazing actress. And she's yeah. such badass, really. What's kind of interesting about Angelina Jolie was when I was a kid and, like, this is when like paparazzi was like the big thing like Mm -hmm. like you would want to read a people magazine every week and you'd see Angelina Jolie on it Mm -hmm. and I I actually like when I was younger knew her more as the pop culture figure as opposed to just the actress oh wow Mm -hmm. so like my I think the first movie I ever saw her in was like this is gonna like show my age but it was Mr. and Mrs. Smith Oh God, what and, a film to see for the first yeah, time. Yeah, that was my first them. ever Angelina Jolie movie. And then the like, my second one was when um, where she plays the woman who has like two weeks to live. She like gets cancer. Oh, what movie's that? Do you remember that movie? I I can't think of it. But like, so I definitely knew her more as like a figure. But then when I saw Girl Interrupted, I was like, holy shit, she is so good. Yeah, she's so good. Oh, and Tomb Raider. Um, I guess I guess I knew her from Tomb Raider before Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I lied. Oh, I forgot. I told her Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, she's in that. Yeah, of course. I forgot. She, I know her from like I don't. I'm trying to think. The first time I saw her, it was probably. I mean, I know she was in Hackers. I know that was like one of her first big things. That's the first I, thing I ever saw her in. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if that, that was, was the first time I saw her because I didn't see that. I don't think right when it came out. So I'm trying to think of like I know this one was a big one. I saw this one like pretty early. So yeah, same. I remember, yeah, I remember being like, "Oh my god, she's the girl and girl interrupted." Then yeah. she was in everything. Like she had been in Gia, like yeah. right before this, and then she did like so she got the Globe, I think, or some award for that for Gia. I think so, didn't she? Or was she nominated? I feel like people recognized her for that. Like, that's yeah. when people were like, oh, like, who is this actress? Then this, obviously, she won the Oscar. She won an Oscar in a Golden Globe. I yeah, mean, so people were like, okay, yeah, who is this woman? Like, she's so, she's, like, so good. That's when she, like, brought her brother, right? Yeah. At yeah. the Oscars, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And that was uh, Billy Bob time? This might be, Billy like, Bob right Bob after. Time. Yeah, Billy Bob was, like, 2000. I think, like, right after this and then, like, into that whole era. I love Angelina. I mean, God. No, I love her, too. I just, yeah, I love her. But I think I, I definitely love Winona Ryder more. Like, I I mean. Yeah. Oh, I, I would pick Angelina if I had to choose. Uh, Winona was, like, I, like, wanted to be Winona. I wanted yeah. to be Winona. Like, I had the pixie cut and, like. You know, I I just loved her. Like, I mean, she dated Johnny Depp, like, you know, and 
Angelina married Johnny Lee Miller, though. I know, but I mean that's really cute. Was, he was train spotting about, Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah, but we know she got with Brad Pitt. People, all right, let's stop trumping one or the other. Oh, I <laughs> he has, like, three babies by Brad Pitt. But have to say, like, I, I'm sorry, but Angelina's style is not really our thing. I'm sure. No, like, no, that's true. And no. we know the writer has, like, she's always had a cool style. Always. This is true. I would pick the fashion of, of exactly. Winona as a style icon, but I think as a personality icon, I've always kind of liked Angelina. And like, not many people, not many women can pull off that like pixie look either. You know, that she, is true. Yeah. And even just when she like in like Beetlejuice, she looks so cool with that haircut that she had to like super. She did. I hope not. It's a real tie, guys. It's a real tie. <laughs> I think we can't compare them. Uh, yeah, I think they're just two completely different people, but Very in different. awesome ways, and they work so well together. In also, movie. Angelina is a man eater. <laughs> Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder and Angelina Jolie in one movie is like Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in one movie. Totally. Oh, yeah. like Once Upon yes. a Time in Hollywood. Basically. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it's a good, a good example. That is good. Yeah. I hope they do other movies together, Leo and Brad Pitt. I'm sure. Oh, they me will. too. I'm sure they will. Now that people know. Uh, oh, now. Well, we're recording this at the time of this giant like Reddit uh, Wall Street shenanigans that's <laughs> going on in the stock market. Like hedge fund managers and stock owners are like losing their shit right now. So everyone on Twitter at this exact moment is comparing like the Wolf of Wall Street and saying that Leo's going to be in like a new movie about like boiler rooms and like shorting stocks, like Jordan oh, Belfort. And like Jordan Belfort's like on TV now talking about what's going on, and people are making lots of really funny memes about it i'm so here for it <laughs> so i'm so here for it i can't wait to like a social network kind of movie they're like is fincher directing this is aaron sorkin writing it like <laughs> like this is all gonna be like some dude show it's really funny um i'm super excited to say that the episode before this is indecent proposal so i'm excited to see <laughs> uh, if people like it or are into me and my friend complaining that we didn't get robert redford love scenes in a mid-90s movie so, uh, yeah, unlike that, I guess let's get into Girl Interrupted. We're in like, a, I'm in a weird movie mood, I guess. Like this chunk of movies on the podcast is weird. Batman Forever. Super random. Yeah, it's cool though. Oh, so great. We're, yeah, weird and random. Um, and then this is random. Um, kind of, sort of, but not really. Uh, and then, yeah, these proposals random too. So I'm excited. So, yeah, let's get into it. What are your first thoughts, Jai? Like when's the first time you saw this? I watched it as soon as it came out in DVD. Oh, okay. So I got it at Blockbusters. I rented it out. And I did, yeah, I don't think I owned that. I have a vague memory that I did, but I'm not sure because I watched it a lot of times when it came out. Oh, okay. So cool. That year, um, well, 2000, I think it came out in DVD. I watched it like several times. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because I don't think the critics loved this movie. I think they were super harsh, but I I generally love this, the film so much. I think I love the fact that it's set in the 60s and, like, I love the cast and everything, but I love the story and it's based on a novel. Like, it's someone's memoir. I can't remember the name of the writer, but um, I feel like... Oh, know, sure. It's Susanna... I right. her last oh, name. I don't know her last name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this was Anna Kaysen. Kaysen, yeah. Thank you, Jules. <laughs> I don't think there's been many stories about like 
a group of girls, especially like about a girl who had some kind of like mental health issue in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love seeing that, you know, and I I think it's, you know, high enough been another adolescence and then let alone in the 60s where they didn't really know much about mental health and they just diagnose her with uh, borderline personality disorder. And it's like, I just love the way the story is told because she's not crazy, you know? She's just, in my opinion, I think she's just a girl who's going through a lot and and then she's put in this hospital. But um, oh yeah, I love, I love the characters. I love her character. I just really love everything about the movie. Um, I don't know, it's one of my favorites for sure. Oh, cool. Awesome. So, but yeah, it's funny when you read the critics and then you're like, they're really harsh. They're like genuinely quite harsh on this film. I know. It's really weird when you see that now about like uh, Rotten Tomatoes, like what the critics say and what the audience says. It's always like, you can always tell there's such a difference. But it's got a really low rating as well. 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm actually very surprised by that. I know, me too. So the critics, wait, oh, the critics have it 53 Audience is 84, though, so that tells you it's yeah. the audience, you know? Yeah. The audience is cool with it. But yeah, yeah, also, the, the soundtrack is pretty cool mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it is pretty dope. Um, and yes, I mean, you got Winona and Angelina, and it's just amazing. I love it. I'm, yeah, I'm just really excited about talking about this movie right now. Yeah. What about you, Jules? When's the first time you saw it? So I think I watched this when I was like 16 for the first time. So we're talking like maybe like 2010. So almost like 10 oh, years God. after <laughs> it was put out. But, wow. but I think what's really cool about that is although it's set in the 60s, I think it's really kind of a timeless piece. Like, I think in 30 years, teenage girls or like young women, even like, you know, and really any woman I feel who's going through something, they can relate to it and like feel comforted by it. Um, And I think that's something really cool about it is like, yeah, like kind of jumping off of what Jai was saying is like, there's really no other movies like Girl Interrupted, like, who else has tried making, you know, another movie about, you know, women in a psychiatric ward? Yeah, I, I, before this, I can't think of any. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I think the closest thing I could think of, there's this British show called My Mad Fat Diary. Oh, yeah. But that's, that's not in a psychiatric this, right? ward. It's like when she comes back. What was that? That's after this, though, right? When was that? Yeah, before? yeah. This was That was, like, I think, like... Um, maybe around like t- late 2000s, oh, like okay. 2009 yeah, yeah. or 10 or something like that. But, um, and that's more like a humorous thing, but like, yeah, I think that's what I love about this movie. Like, um, you know, I've seen this so many times. Like, I don't know if I could tell you how many times I've seen it. Cause like when I was a teenager and like being angsty, like I just loved watching it. Oh, wow. That's cool. And, yeah. So it definitely had like a, a big impact on me. Um, yeah, I, I just love it. Yeah, the soundtrack's great. We'll we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Cool. Well, I saw this movie when I was in high school. So, I guess I was like a senior in high school or whatever. So, I really, really liked it. I really liked... I probably saw it in 2000, though. I don't think I saw it in the theater. So, I probably rented it, I'm thinking. And, yeah, I loved Angelina. Like, that was my draw. I did like Winona Ryder, but I feel like when I was younger... 
I was really like, I was a super tomboy and I was very much like an Angelina Jolie kind of girl. Like, especially when she was in Gone in 60 Seconds, because I was obsessed with cars when I was in high school. And when she was in that movie and she was like the Ferrari mechanic and I was like, oh my God, she's so dope. Because like, I want to be her. Like, I want to like work with cars and I want to be like around all these guys, but be cool and not be like the like I don't know like just be like one of them right so I always liked Angelina so I would see a lot of her movies and stuff and I thought she was super cool um I still do I love her I love how like versatile she is like how she can be super like vulnerable and like kind of meek but then also like the most baddest bitch ever at the same time especially in this film like I was watching the whole time and I was like oh yeah I can totally see why they like uh, why she was nominated for the Oscar. And then, like, I think it's the last 15 minutes. I was like, that's where she won it. Totally, <laughs> like, yeah. that's where she won that Oscar. Because I feel like in the beginning, I was like, if I'm judging from the beginning, it's good. And then when you see the end and, like, how she, her transformation, you're like, mm. okay. Like, that was incredible. Like, that she's just so good. So, yeah, I just, I love this film for a while. I just bought it on DVD recently because it was at one of those used DVD places. And I was like, oh, cool. So I still have a DVD collection, like a lot of people. <laughs> I so, love my DVD collection. Like, right? and if, if anyone wants to hate on it, it, like, haters are motivators. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I have it in a book. It's cool. And not everything's streaming, people. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, not everything all the time. So it's cool. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, Winona Ryder produced this. Yeah, she so cool. Right book. Yeah, which is cool. She... She's like, uh, she was really involved in the in the beginning. I have three random questions if either one of you had seen any of these films. Have you seen Igby Goes Down? No. Heard of it? I didn't. Wait. It's like a rom-com, right? Uh, it's not a rom-com. It's like a dark comedy. It has like Claire Danes, Kieran Culkin, Ryan Philippe, uh, Susan Sarandon. Who else? Six Weeks in New York. Jeff Goldblum. I don't know. I mean... Um, so have you ever seen Spun? Either one of you seen Spun? I've seen I've seen Spun. Okay. Um, Jules, have you? No. I sorry, I was being quiet. I, I haven't heard any of these. I think I wanted to do that one as well, right? I do, it's in the two yeah. thousands. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll do that. Or Crazy Beautiful. Has either one of you seen that? I love that movie. I love that movie with yeah. your dance. Oh my god. I love that film. I, I have it on D V D. That's like one of the weird ones I and like. A beautiful man. Oh god, Jay Hernandez. Oh sexy. Yeah. Have you seen that, Jules? No, but oh, Kirsten Dunst in it, I want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, oh, it's really good. It's such it's really a good. 2000s yeah. movie, too. <laughs> it's such a, like, early 2000s movie. Like, just the fashion and everything. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, and also, I was going to say, this film really reminds me of, like, these random times in my life I've had, like, a wild friend. Like, much like like uh, Winona Ryder and Angelina, like who you're kind of like tagged along with. And they only last for these short periods of time in your life. Like they're not anyone that I've been long-term friends with because they're just so volatile, but I've had like two or three of these people in my life. So it kind of reminds me, this film reminds me a lot of that relationship that she has, Mm -hmm. like this very fast in like what, 18 months she when she like interacts with uh lisa um so yeah that always kind of reminded me of it i think that's kind of oh sorry jai no go ahead um i think it's kind of interesting how like with with this movie i i definitely related a lot to winona um but i think what's the, the dynamic is interesting because i also really it 
I almost like want to be Angelina, you know? And and yeah. I think that was a, a comparison in, in the movie. Like Winona, I think was like attracted to um, Angelina's just like craziness. Oh, totally. Um, That's why I was friends with these kind of like, yeah. Like, one I, guy, I, but, like, I had some crazy friends. Girls. Yeah. I mean, like I just like admired their, like, yeah, they're just complete invincibility like they just acted like they really just were so free in a way i would never was mm. like i still am not you know it's they just had that vibe that was just like you're just like intoxicated by them you're just like wow i wish i was you like i wish i could do this and not care about what anyone thinks of me and stuff so yeah no that is really refreshing but it also like angelina i mean lisa was so mean Oh yeah, I mean, I, so, yeah, sociopath. Yeah, I love when when she gets back from her like after she like tries to run away, and she I think she goes up to Torch, and she was like, "Did you miss me?" And she's <laughs> like, "Not much." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Lisa has uh, she delivers the best lines in the film. Oh, totally. Like, one she, of my favorites is actually was uh, one that Susanna says. I am, yeah, I have a lot. I have a, a, quite a few, but yeah, like a lot of them are Lisa's because she's just so, yeah. Anyway, we, we'll get to that later, but yeah, she has a lot of cool lines. Yeah. So, uh, so I have some behind the scenes notes. The budget of this was $40 million, which is kind of a lot. Wow. Yeah, I think. Uh, the box office was 48.3. So it made just a little bit over. Uh, which is good. We know Angelina won the Supporting Actress Oscar and Globe. Uh, now, apparently, Reese Witherspoon, Christina Ricci, Katie Holmes, Gretchen Maul, yeah. Kate Hudson, Alicia Witt, Sarah Polly, and Rose McGowan all auditioned for roles in this film. Wow. Um, it was like a really, really coveted story. And apparently, Rose McGowan said, this is the only good role out there that there's no nudity in. Mm-hmm. Like because everything else had been out there, and this was the time that Rose McGowan was doing like Scream. Like I think that thing with Weinstein it had happened. Like so, everything that she was being marketed towards was like how she was in Scream. Like except for the fact that she did Jawbreaker, which was fucking dope. But like she, she, I love Rose McGowan, and like it really sucks that she wasn't in like way more in the late nineties. Cause I think she like kind of got like typecast when and she didn't want to be because she talks about it in interviews and things, but, but yeah, I think it's so cool that she mentioned that, that like this was the only good role out there. Cause everything else out there was just like bimbo type roles or like all that kind of stuff. So yeah, directed by men. And- yeah. Yeah. So that, that's cool. And also our one and only Courtney Love popping into like almost every behind the scenes <laughs> note in a lot of these films uh, met with a director to be to audition for Lisa. Oh yeah, god. We just saw her sit in Nancy and we we're like, what auditioning is she doing? She literally just could have been Nancy if they weren't like, no, she's not well known. But like she was Nancy and sit in Nancy anyway it's crazy yeah i have a couple more that were actually, oh yeah what else do you have well sarah polly actually was part of the cast but then um fell out right at this last second for negotiations oh. but we don't know what role she auditioned or what role she was meant to play and also i'm not sure whether i'm, I'm pronouncing her name right but is it 
Lily Sobieski. Oh, Lily Sobieski. Sobieski, yeah. Uh-huh. She actually was supposed to play Daisy's character. Oh. But quite at the last second due to um to the fact that she was filming or it was overlapping with Joan of Arc. Oh, okay. So it just didn't work. Like their schedule didn't work out. And so she had to pull out at the last second. Oh, wow. So I guess Brittany Murphy came right at the end because they just needed to rep- they, they need someone to replace uh, Lily Sobieski. I love her. I know. I'm so glad that she did it because she was great. Yeah, she's so good in it. And Clea Duvall is really good too. Yeah, she is. a lot of stuff. She's yeah. in the faculty. She's in, is it But I'm a Cheerleader? I think she's in that too, which is really funny. I don't know if you have either one of you seen that or heard of it. I don't think but so. I'm a cheerleader. Oh my God. It's so funny. It's like a really weird, like, like a jawbreaker kind of movie in the 2000, in the nineties. It's really funny. Oh. Uh, she's in that. Um, yeah. Do you have any other notes? Um, no, just, I mean, it's not really that interesting, but the, all the scenes that were shot at that mental hospital were actually shot at a mental hospital in Philly. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. That was actually open until 2006. I think that's when it closed. Oh. Yeah. But it did look pretty real. It didn't look like a stage, I don't think. It looked like the one in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Totally. Which I'm going to yeah. get into later. Oh, really? Oh, nice. I, have, okay. I like that movie, but I got beef. Oh, nice. I have only seen that movie one time, and that was for a film class in college, so I have not seen it in a really long time. I've seen it loads. Oh, you have? Yeah, because it's Kubrick. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, well, is he your favorite director, like, completely and truly? No, my favorite director, but I do like his films. Yeah. Oh, okay, know. so you've seen them mul- Those films you've seen multiple times. Yeah, because they're, like, classics, you know. Oh, okay. Um, Jules, do you have a favorite director or like a director or films that you watch like multiple times? Yeah, my favorite director will always be David Lynch. Oh, oh cool. right on. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. He he's my genius artist that I am always inspired by. He's yeah. Oh, Either that or Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad either one of you said Wes Anderson. I'd have to be like, stop. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. This is part of the podcast. You know what, Lauren? I'm going to make a little song every time you bring up Hating Wes Anderson. Right? It's going to be a Hating Wes Anderson song. I need a button. Play. In the studio, we'll, we'll have a button. When we when we get a studio, I'm going to have a button and a, a little like neon sign. We'll have like <laughs> two minutes of like of uh, shitting on Wes Anderson. And then we'll have him on as a guest. That that will be like the thousandth episode. We'll be just like talking Wes Anderson. <laughs> that'll be the best it's gonna be just like how jimmy kimmel does that with matt damon you know how he like hates matt damon oh really yeah and he talks about it all the time oh (laughs) it's gonna be like that it's gonna be really funny um yeah oh wait so i have some more about the dvd actually has a like a special feature and this one says that winona Ryder actually says in the interview that she was really connected with the author so that's why she wanted to do it because she suffered from anxiety attacks and also was in a hospital when she was 20. Oh, she was? Huh? So she she like really identified with it. And also uh Angelina was also very close to her type of character. Not in the not in like the violent, like sociopathic way, but she talks about how like we like how they both drew so much of themselves from this character. And how Angelina was talking about how she's like, you know, I'm I'm similar in the fact that like, I don't behave the way that like everyone wants me to. 
And like, she just, Lisa does that just on a more drastic scale. Yeah. You know, like she just does it in a more like crazy way, but she's like, I admire her for that, you know, like, so they really like are identified with their characters, which is crazy. Cause obviously you can tell. And, um, Winona also talks about, and also the director talks about like their, the relationship that they have like that, um, Susanna and Lisa have is like those relationships you have for a short while because these people are just so volatile. Like, like I was saying earlier, like people who burn like so hard and fast, you know, it's hard to keep those, that kind of consistent person in your life. Sometimes it just mm. lasts for a few years, but you have this like incredible journey and they're like, don't fight it. You know what I mean? Like, don't overthink it. Like if this person is like this and this is like just a crazy time, like kind of embrace it. And that's kind of what she did. Like uh, Susanna, she kind of like just learned a lot from this experience, which is really cool. Um, and also I want to say mad props to James Mangold because they were all the actresses were talking about working with him on set. And they said he was so great, like him taking, like giving them direction. And he was very like flexible and he directed these women so well. I feel like it didn't have any sense of like a male director. Yeah. He had a very like collaborative sense with all of this cast, which I think is amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, Since you now hear horror stories about, like, now we hear about things from these, all these movies that we're discussing now, which is really crazy because it's the 90s. Now we actually hear all these stories about how toxic the set was and this was bad. And we're like, oh, my God, we had no idea. Like, back in the day, obviously, we wouldn't know that. But it's really good to see that, like, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, what? Jules, do you have any notes? Any behind the scenes notes? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have like one, and then I have like kind of like a fun fact. But oh it's yeah, not really like behind the scenes. Oh yeah, what the, is it? Well, the first like behind the scene thing is, uh, I think you guys were touching on it a bit that Winona Ryder got really close to Susanna Kaysen, mm-hmm. and a lot of people think that it's like a autobiographical novella, but it's just a straight up memoir from when she was in there so like there's nothing too um like you know fictional about it um which that I thought was really cool because I always thought this was um like at first I don't I don't even think I knew it was a book oh Um, okay sorry my dog is shaking (laughs) you can hear the call um but and then the fun fact that I was going to bring up, which I'm ultimately going to bring up one floor of the cuckoo's nest. Um, so this morning, like I was just getting some of like the details down and I, I really like watching YouTube reviews because sometimes just listening to other people, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I didn't really think about that. And as I was like searching through, um, just people talking about it on YouTube, I noticed something kind of interesting. Um, not a single man rev- has reviewed this. Please what? correct me, listeners, oh. if I'm wrong. I, maybe I didn't go far enough, but it's mostly women. Wow, this um, is on YouTube now. And this is on YouTube. Like, maybe they're deep down in there, but the ones that have the most hits. And, like, you know, I'm not saying they're, like, the best, you know, out, uh, like, movie reviews. I think they're great, you know, in their in their own ways. I'm glad that people are doing that, that women are doing that, but... I thought that was very interesting considering what this movie is about. And this is where my beef comes in, you guys. I got mm-hmm. beef. Um, I feel a lot of 
men will not review something like Girl Interrupted due to the amount of women suffering. And I see this a lot in a pattern of um, movies and shows that have to do specifically with women suffering. Um, I would put, yeah, Handmaid's Tale. I would put um, also like, this is way different, but like Surviving R. Kelly, Um, like when it's just women who are suffering and oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know why that is, but like, like how there aren't a lot of men speaking out on that program. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like, when I've like asked people, when I've asked men like about it, they're like, I don't need to know about that. And to me, subconsciously, I feel like it's like men don't want to know that other men have the capability of like making women like this yeah. <laughs> or, or causing, not saying like they're the only thing that causes that. Absolutely not. But like, you know, it's out there. Um, like, you know, with uh, with Daisy's father, for example, like in this, you know, movie, like I'm just, I would like to see more guys talk about this because men love One Flew Over the, over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, totally. They love that movie. So many men love that movie, but like, I want to see that type of excitement for this movie. But I think it's quite tricky, honestly. I don't think it comes... I don't think it might be just because they don't care or they can't, they're not interested about women's stories. I think, especially right now, I feel like they'll be really afraid of reviewing anything like this because, you know, we, after the Me Too movement, like, it's quite hard. Like, I'm sure, like, they'll be doomed if they do and doomed if they don't, you know? I think. Oh, so you think people would say like, "How dare this man try to like understand?" Yeah, a hundred percent. I genuinely do think there is a lot of fear, like like amongst men to to review something that's about like female suffering or anything like that, especially this movie. But there has been men that review this movie, by the way. There's um, Stephen Holden at the New York Times, and then there is Roger Ebert. Oh, you mean these are the film critics? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You mean like now? I was just You're talking about like talking, yeah, like about like YouTube. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. men nowadays, uh, like okay. men that would be like millennials or like what Gen Z. But this is why I think now maybe men will be afraid because I don't think. You see what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, I get I it. Totally yeah. I totally. Oh, sorry, Dry. No, no, no. It's fine. Yeah, I just feel like it might come from that place. Um. I totally agree with that, but I also would like to challenge that with like, if men were afraid, you know how they say like, if you're scared of something like deep dive into it, you know, until you're not scared of it anymore. Like, I think it would be really awesome to like, see like a no name dude review it and like almost try and learn something that he didn't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to have a woman and a man do it. Yeah. Yeah, like they both review the film. Mm. That would be Here cool. And like takes on it. And maybe there would be something that, you know, I wouldn't let's say if I did that with like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, like and had, you know, a man, you know, explain it from like their perspective, like I bet I would learn something too. Oh yeah, I'm sure they I'm sure they see things obviously they do see things in a completely different way. 
which is really really interesting too i feel like not to my only beef (laughs) oh no yeah well not not that like not as like a genderist statement like nothing against men but i feel like women have innately like more of a multi-layered relationship like with their self and like their self and i think a lot of men like i think we as women can watch something like one flew over the cuckoo's nest and kind of sort of kind of try to get into the mindset of a man, but I feel like it's hard for a man to get into the mindset of a, a woman. I, I I would think yeah. it would be especially emotionally because- involved that I don't think they go there. Not the average man. Obviously we know they're different case by case scenarios, but yeah, I think it's a lot harder for them to just kind of understand like, wow, this is what you guys are like doing at 19. Like men are not like that at 19. Like yeah. they're very different, you know, maturity think- levels and everything. I think what's also interesting is like, um, you know, borderline personality disorder is such, it has such a strong stigma to it. And, you know, some people believe that um, the BPD label is like pretty sexist because it's usually just talking about a woman who like can't behave themselves. Really? It's way more complex than that. But um, it does have a terrible stigma, unfortunately. Like I have family and friends who have been, you know, diagnosed with that. And um, it can be volatile at times, but it's so complex. And I feel like maybe sometimes that's just like, it's hard to understand for anyone. Yeah, and it's different different for everyone. I mean, uh, Pete Davidson, I believe is, uh, 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 what do you call it? Yeah, BPD. Yeah. He was the yeah. guy, like celebrity man that I've like heard has BPD, and yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. He's been very open about it's so it. open about it, and and it's so it was so interesting, and also really, uh, I I love watching interviews with him because I think he's just like a really interesting guy. But um, I love that he's so open about it, and he has other celebrity friends that will like. I, at one point, he was feeling really low, and like another celebrity friend like reached out and like actually like went to his house and like got him. And it was all very public that like he was going through a hard time, and that's amazing that he's young. There are a lot of people look up to him, and they you know see that he's done so well in life. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so it doesn't like stop you from doing anything. It doesn't stop yeah, it's definitely inspiring. Yeah, it really also fun. helps to work away from that. Yeah, about, totally. you know, men not being able to speak about stuff like this. And, yeah. yeah, just mental totally. health in general. I think, I think it is really cool that he's being very public with it. Like at first, uh, you know, when I see celebrities being constantly asked about like their mental health sometimes I'm like you know because I I would see it happen with you know I mean these like situations are are different but um you know like if a trans person goes in for an interview all they want to do is talk about sex and it's like this person's way more than that like you know like talk about their life and all of like the incredible things they've done not just that Mm -hmm. and I kind of felt that way at first with Pete Davidson I'm like man like is he uncomfortable like they're like really asking about like suicide and stuff. Like, is this like appropriate? But, um, but it seems like he's like being super open about it. And maybe that's, you know, a really good thing for, um, you know, the younger generation of, you know, boys out there um, to be able to be more open with their feelings and, you know, depression and anxiety yeah, that's true. I think it's even written in, in now in, in, uh, most recently, I think 
the most recent show that I saw that that handled it so well was Normal People. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, Jules, yeah. have you seen Normal People? I think I saw that. That's a TV show, right? Yeah, it's on Hulu. I think I saw like the first episode, but I haven't fully gotten into it. Oh, it's 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 so, it's good. so good. Yeah, like they okay. really handle it in a really modern and interesting way, and it and it also deals with the male character. Yeah, which, which is, is really. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, no, um, Lauren and I also listened to a podcast about... <laughs> yeah, about, like, sexual relationships and, and mental health, and, like, that all deals with... Uh, that show's great. Jules, I think you'll really like it. Cool. Yeah, I think you'll really like normal people. That's really good. But, yeah, I mean, uh, let's move on to our next section of fashion. I mean, not yeah. to get too deep in the weeds here, but we could talk about this for three hours. <laughs> yeah but we have to move along so fashion all right resident fashionista jai what are your fashion moments everything that winona wears everything (laughs) that susanna wears no seriously like it's so simple like i love his white shirt like it's a man's shirt basically and sort of like green tailor pants they're like a dark green you Mm -hmm. know and they're obviously sort of baggy and and then she has that black and white striped T-shirt. Oh, I love she that. She arrives shirt. to the hospital. Yeah, I know the yeah. smaller stripe. And then there's this scene where she meets Toby at that party, and she is wearing a brown leather, more like a camel, like a tan leather yeah, jacket. Yeah, I like that outfit. Again, pretty boxy. She doesn't wear, like, girly things, but she is wearing some tights that are pretty cool. I'm guessing she's wearing a dress or a skirt. You can't really see um very well, but she's just she's just so cool and i love lisa's coat almost famous coat (laughs) it's so fucking iconic like almost famous yeah yeah and i really love what daisy wears when they when the girls go to her to her apartment i mean she's wearing a a gown like a robe Mm -hmm. you know Oh, the yellow one? The The yellow, yeah. Yeah. But I do love the styling they've done with Daisy because she's got that really cute haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Really 60s. And then her apartment, again, is very 60s with all this sort of retro wallpaper and yellow and pink. Mm -hmm. And But yeah, his his hair robe is pretty cool. And what else? That's it. I don't really care for anyone else's style in the film besides those guys. Yeah. I got the other half. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. What is yours, uh, Jules? Okay. Angelina Jolie and that coat. That yeah. big, fuzzy, like, like, I don't know what to call that part of the coat, but you know what I'm talking about. With And then with the yellow shirt. No. Like low-rise jeans. The fucking Air, the Air Force shirt with the corduroys. Little behind the scene for, for fashion. Um, in the book they describe um, Lisa as being like yellowish, like almost like looking very unhealthy, Um, like her skin being yellow. And I think what's really cool is in her clothing, she's wearing like that, like dirty mustard yellow Mm -hmm. shirt and like everything she's wearing is kind of almost tan. And like that tiny little detail I think is super cool. That's cool. Is she always wearing like dirty white tank top, like white jeans, those chunky like ankle boots are really cool. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah, they did a really cool job with the styling because her hair is so cool too. It's like yeah. teeny yeah. little micro bangs. Yeah. Yeah. Which you love, Jules, right? 
I'm rocking them right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like that. She just, I think she looks so cool. I, I love that Air Force shirt and the corduroy. It's like my favorite. I also agree with Jai. I like love Daisy's fashion. I love her hair. Um, I like that she was very like traditional 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that hairband, the one that's powder blue that matches the powder blue and white striped shirt. Oh, yeah. it's really cool and like when you first see her um, i like torches like bright blue hoodie that she has over this like it looks like a vintage dress but probably not vintage because it's 60s but it's like an old dress she has it when she's like crouched on the floor trying to listen to into Susanna's room when toby's there oh. she's like scrapped like crouched on the floor um toby uh, looks very uh 60s appropriate fashion all God damn, Jared Leto. How does he look exactly the same? Like, he looks like that now. It's, like, really weird. Um, But, yeah, I love the 60s, 70s porn stash and, like, the full-on beard when he's, like, trying to take her to go to Canada. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I love that he looks like Jordan Catalano. Like, he's actually wearing the same jacket, (laughs) I think, that he wears in my so-called life. So, yeah. That's really interesting. It's interesting that after that film, he dropped all that weight for Requiem for a Dream. He did. He like, so yeah, he was pretty he thin. Like a different person. Yeah, he looks so different. It's crazy. But yeah, that's all I have for fashion. Yeah, I feel like it's cool to see everyone had like a different thing going on, and like no one had a pixie like Winona, like black, really black hair, and then Angelina has like blonde, messy, like you know, really so. Like, it really suits her character. Yeah, it totally does. Cool. All right, so music. What were... Jules, uh, you're the resident musician. What <laughs> your, uh, what's your music standout? Um, so I really like that the movie opens up with uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. Bookends. Yeah. I love that song. I think it's a classic. Um, there's also a lot of Jefferson Airplane um and the downtown song oh patula clark yeah yeah i i love when they play that on the guitar and it's kind of you know like a little clumsy and silly and like that's the first time you see them actually like being um just kind of like present in the moment and happy yeah that's true and they drop the fucking nurse (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can stay out there. but i feel like um a lot of the other songs because um you know with with 60s music i feel like i was i'm kind of like um i'm spotty with like certain bands mm-hmm. so, like jefferson airplane and um and simon and garfunkel were kind of just like the main ones there were some that i i didn't know um, with um bob dylan in there mamas and the papas i think oh yeah mamas yeah. and the papas was in there yeah uh what else day uh doors day that like case sera yeah um, the doors yeah roll house blues um Aretha? that's like late 60s there is yeah what is that other song there's a one that's like newer this from like the 90s uh we'll go yeah oh yeah we'll uh, go. I, I forgot wilco was on here that's yeah. great oh good Gotta fight loneliness and yeah. it's a Jeff Tweedy cover, I think. Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, th- this has really a really good soundtrack. Um, he has a great soundtrack, yeah. And again, for some reason, I don't know why, but like the 60s um, just feel like they can be timeless. 
Mm-hmm. Um, totally I, I feel like when you listen to a 60s song, like, yes, it sounds, you know, it has like a retro feel, but it, but that feel feels timeless to me. Same. I it agree. Does. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think so much of music nowadays pulls from the blend of the 60s. The 60s was such a like... For sure. Time and music, I feel like. Because like jazz was coming into rock, was coming into like country, was coming into like, you know, it was all like soul. Like it was all like kind of like coming in together. So I feel like that's how we are now. We're like genre bending now in music. So it's very similar. Totally. Super cool. Yeah, I do think, I think Simon and and Garfunkel made the saddest songs in the 60s. They did. Yeah, they totally did. Yeah, I love that song too. That's definitely like I love all of it, but that is one of my top three in the soundtrack. And the one like "Had to Fight Loneliness" by Wilco and the Bob Dylan, like "It's All Over Now, Baby Blue." That's really cool. I like the "Wait" by the band. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. That's like probably my favorite, and I also love the Petula Clark song because it's in a really funny Seinfeld. Talk about <laughs> uh, uh, if anyone's a Seinfeld fan out there, George Costanza is my like all-time idol. I love him, and he there's like his his boss tells him something, and he was zoned out and he wasn't listening, and then he like tunes back in in like the last minute, and he's like, "It's just like the song, George. It's downtown. It's all downtown." <laughs> so him and Jerry try to pick apart the song, be like, "Maybe he's talking about the song," and they like mention they're trying to like find out what he's talking about. Um, yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, shout out to Seinfeld fans out there. <laughs> um, so yeah, what are your? I'm gonna rename this now because uh, Jules was like, "What? Wait, so what topics?" And then you said like soundtrack, fashion, hot takes? Question mark. I was like, hot takes. That's what it's hot takes. Called. And now, now I'm gonna make a Wes Anderson bump. <laughs> oh god anytime his name is referenced that's gonna play i need to get all of these done before you release this so then we can just cue it in yeah totally i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna timestamp it actually <laughs> Do it. actually timestamp that like minute 49 this is what we're doing <laughs> cool all right um so what are your jai what about you we'll go to you first what are some of your hot takes favorite lines Scene. Um. Okay, my first favorite scene is when Lisa and Susanna escape, and then they they get a ride in this like van, and they like smoke, and they go to a party, mm-hmm. and then the door song is playing, and it's pretty cool, and they're in this party, and then Lisa, I don't know, I think she goes off with a guy and then steals her um his money, mm-hmm. and then they. They go to visit um, Daisy. I love all of that sequence. Yeah. About it. I just, it's definitely like my favorite scene, I think. And one of my favorite lines. Shall I say them all or shall I do one on one or what? Um, You can do, uh, do them all. Do them all. We'll all do ours. Okay, cool. And then the ice cream um, shop trick. Yeah, that's on my list. It's so good. Yeah. It's like, I love it when they like bumped into that teacher's wife and then lisa is like oh the woman is like you know i hope they lock you up forever and then lisa's like is this the teacher's the professor's wife and then she just gives this speech about how you know like he has he's got all up no she's got all the button he's got like a really well 
Like I a mean, micro penis, like yeah, it's like everything like it's like a pencil, and then it's like don't point your finger at crazy people. Yeah, and yeah that's on my, like, one of my favorite quotes. I know because it's so funny when the daughter it has an ice cream and it's on Daisy's face, mm-hmm. and Daisy goes like, "Get the fuck away of my!" Face. She like flips it out of her hand <laughs> because it's so funny, right? Because it's like. They're pushing out the people's buttons. Like, yes, she's crazy. She's pointing her finger at her and putting an ice cream in front of someone who's bulimic, I guess, or has some kind of eating disorder. So mm-hmm. I think it's really funny. And my favorite line, I have a lot, but my first favorite line is when when she, when Lisa says, if I could have any job in the world, it'll be a professional Cinderella. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Like, I want to steal that line. I it love it. Really good, yeah. And then they go and these like actually when they visit Daisy, they said it's like quite long, but ugh, honestly I have a lot of favorite lines, but okay. are you sure? Okay, I feel bad. Tell me Why? Just... No, girl. Um she says Lisa gets really angry at Daisy and says, All you have is mustard and your chickens. I'm going to be Cinderella at Walt Disney's new theme park, and Susanna is going to be a Snow White. You can come if you want. You can be the cocker spaniel that eats spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's hilarious. It's so funny. It's quite mean, but also, like, um, Daisy's face is very sad. Dude, Daisy has the best fit. Like, Brittany Murphy in general has the best, like, resting bitch face. She oh, does, yeah. It's so good. She has such a good, like, judgy face. Like, she can just... My favorite is right after um, she said, you're a virgin who can't drive. And the way she looks at the <laughs> chair, when she goes like, hmm. And then she, like, turns around. I was like, oh, that's that jersey right there. I was like, I love Brittany Murphy. <laughs> like, yeah, she's so good. So good. I love... I also love the sign. I think it's at the beginning of the film when she's, like says something about like have you ever been confused no, have you ever confused the dream with life yeah. or something yeah. when you have the cash have you ever been blue or thought your your train moving whilst sitting still maybe I was crazy maybe it was the 60s or maybe I was just a girl interrupted I love that I think it's so brilliant yeah, this film reminds me a lot of Prozac Nation which is another like similar film not so much about um, an institution but like dealing with mental illness while being in college and she's also a writer too it's also a, a, a memoir but it's another great one with Christina Ricci and Michelle Williams oh Jessica Lange. Oh. it's so good so we can we can debunk that myth that there's no other movie oh like... but it came out after it came out in 05 Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So it was. It was after this. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess it's not technically about. Yeah, like a an institution. No, no. It's it's basically but, like yeah, yeah. It's like her trying to manage this like through medication, but in the eighties, I believe. I think it takes place in the eighties. Mm. Yeah, but that's another good one. That's I love Christina Ricci. Yeah. Uh huh. I have such a crush on her. Oh my god! I, oh, I love her. I love her so much. Um, I'm just going to say my last line because I really cannot say them all because it's a bit too much but um, I I mean this is really mean but I really like it when Lisa says to Susanna you think you're free, I'm free you don't know what freedom is, I'm free I can breathe and you're going to choke on your average fucking mediocre life (laughs) (laughs) it's just I love that, you're going to choke on your average it's such a brilliant line Yeah, 
She has so many, and like the poem that Lisa does, the like razors paying you, rivers are damn facet stains, yeah. drugs on rams, like guns aren't lawful, nooses give, gas smells awful, you might as well live. And I was like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so many. I feel like if I ever meet anyone that's really mean to me, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say you're gonna choke on your average fucking. <laughs> I don't want to make you mad, Jai. <laughs> Wait, isn't that what she says to the the girls um in Romeo and Michelle? Like like when they see them at that uh, when me and Jules did oh, Romeo yeah. and Michelle. She's but... like, and I don't give a fine fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the best thing. It's so oh. Jules, what are yours? Uh, what are some of your standouts? Hot takes. Um, well, if we're talking, I'll do favorite, but I feel like hot takes, are hot takes favorites or are hot takes beef? It's, oh, do you have some, do you have some, wait, what's your favorite? Let's go favorites, then we'll, okay, so we'll wrap favorite, it up with hot takes. It's weird because some of my favorites are like the saddest moments. <laughs> um, so I guess like I'll start with like the good ones. There's like one where, um, like, uh, Susanna is in the bathtub and she's having like a nice conversation with Valerie the nurse Mm -hmm. and like I feel like that moment is like kind of sweet because like if you think about it like Winona's in this place it's new she doesn't want to be there she's kind of there against her will because her parents were like talking with the uh with like the psychiatrist and like I think that's just kind of a sweet moment um like uh, another moment this is just like I mean this movie is a dark movie so it's not yeah. like there's a lot of like feel good moments but I, I did like the ice cream shop air, um, like scene mm-hmm. I like where don't they start like barking yeah yeah and, uh-huh. and like I like that that kind of play on of you know we're crazy like uh-huh. and they're kind of using that to their advantage like get the fuck away from us um but I think one of my favorite scenes is when uh they go visit Daisy after she um, is released mm-hmm. and she's ba- like Angelina Jolie kind of tells it to a rap she's like you can have this house daddy pays for you I'm not gonna like mm-hmm. go into it but like it's a really sad moment but like Lisa's giving her like the truth but it's just too much to handle and like I think Daisy's death was so sad oh, I know but it's one of I think it's such a powerful moment because you think it's gonna happen like when she walks up the stairs before and then i think she i think i think there was like another time where i thought she was i think it was that what room was it it must have been the bedroom because she opened you see her open the door and i thought she was in there at first and then she wasn't in there and then that's when she goes towards the hallway and it's like the bathroom yeah daisy is a very like a i love Brittany murphy i i loved her so much um but I think she has the saddest character. Yeah, yeah. she does. Um, just speaking of also other characters, a, a little scene that I really like is the first night that um, that Susanna comes in and you know she takes the room of um, Jamie. Of, yeah, Jamie, because Jamie died. But when she talks to her uh, her new roommate Georgina, she's like, you know. Susanna asks, like, oh, like, what are you in here for? And then I forget the term, but she's basically a pathological liar. You know. like, what did happen? <laughs> and then I think at one time, Lisa, when she pulls Winona, like, hey, let's go. Let's get out of here. Go to Florida. She's like, come on, Jamie. And she's like, I'm, I'm not Jamie. Oh, oh yeah. That's right. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I guess that was like, her, I guess her best friend, they said. 
was like, yeah, but isn't it kind of crazy how it's sort of um ambiguous? Like, don't know. It's it's just weird that Lisa's best friend killed herself, mm-hmm. and then she kind of caused um Daisy's death in a way because I guess Daisy was coping somehow. I mean, who knows? It's unclear, but yeah, it's crazy. She's just evil. She really is. She has no no feelings at all. No. I would love to know the like more backstory of Lisa because if she's a sociopath, that means something created her that way. Like she wasn't born that way. I don't know. Isn't that the difference between psychopath and sociopath? I don't know. I don't know what the actual difference is. Hmm. I think a sociopath, from what I'm understanding, is more, they're more, like, blended into society. Mm. I think they're way more of, like, a a duplicitous type of, you don't know that they're this bad, but, like, they can mask themselves into society. I think psychopaths live outside of the realm of, like, traditional society. Yeah, that makes sense. I think they have a compulsion that I think sociopaths have, but they know how to channel it into, like, socially acceptable behavior, but also have this other side. Yeah. Which is what I think it is, but I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. So. Yeah, I think I think sociopaths can also have the ability to pretend mm-hmm. uh, like, mm. to like pretend they have emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Psychopaths really can't. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just very like I watched the Night Stalker documentary on Netflix. Oh, Holy God. fucking hell. I, I can't watch it. I watch an episode and I'm scared. I'm yeah, scared. And I watched that shit at night and I was terrified. Warren, why do you do this to yourself? I would shit myself. <laughs> I watch all that kind of shit. Like, I mean, I watch all the true crime documentaries. I, just... I never heard of it before. Oh, I did. I mean, I knew of it. I just didn't know the extent of the case until I saw it. Like, I watched the Yorkshire Ripper one, too. Wait, can I ask you a question? Is yeah. the not, is the not, Night Stalker a Mexican? Uh, I'm not sure what country he's from. Oh, I God. I bet he's Latin Mexican. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Latin, though, but I'm not sure what country. Not really helping the stereotype. Well, uh, but but no, but the way he was captured was like fucking badass. Like essentially, a neighborhood mob captured him. Wow! Like in East LA, it like it's actually like a really, it's actually like a validating watch because obviously he did get captured. It's not like he's like out there. Um, but it, but and and the trial was nuts. He had groupies just like Bundy, like these women that were going to the oh, trial. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? I was like. Good lord, like it, yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it's it's a good spot. Okay. I like I like the cop. I think I watched the maybe the second episode, um, because then you get some background on the cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, really, I like him. He's obviously really it's, good. And it's good, it, it's a good watch. It's something I you like watch once. I mean, clearly, I'm not. Yeah, I just wish they weren't so um, they weren't they didn't focus so much on all those like horrible scenes because it is very graphic. Yeah. They don't need to show that yeah, it is. that it's much. True. They just really want to shock you. So all these close-ups to photos and stuff. Yeah, that is the one thing that is kind of fucked up. They did that with one of the most recent uh, Manson shows. Like, some documentary about Manson was all, like, more, like, explicit crime scene photos. I was like, I don't need this. Like, I don't need oh, yeah. explicit crime scene photos of this. Like, I don't know why. Um, okay, so some of my favorite scenes and lines. Uh, my first one was the Have You Ever Confused a Dream with Life? Mm-hmm. I think that might be the title. Uh, of the I love that. that was like the first thing she said. Um, one of my first favorite scenes is when we first meet Lisa. I love how you see her like getting out of the cop car. Mm. And you see her like from the window. I think that, that just looks really cool. And then also I love Toby with that 70s porn stash. 
Um, <laughs> and then I also, I also, well, my second favorite scene is when they go to, they go bowling like in the basement and then they go to the doctor's office and look through their files. And then yeah. I love, I love the, also the quote, Lisa thinks she's hot because she's a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> that also might be the topic of the episode too. I'm not sure. Um, I like how, I, mean, I don't like it, but I found it interesting the way they showed the MLK assassination in 1968 when they were all watching it on TV oh, yeah, where they like hand yeah. over all of them. And then they show like Val, like Valerie, like really upset. Um, and then also when Toby comes to visit her and he's like, I'm going to Canada to dodge the draft. And, and then he's like, I wrote when he says, I think I love you. What the fuck? What do you mean? You think you're trying to drag me to Canada, trying to break me out of this hospital. And you're like, I think I love you. It's like, so what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? That's my hot take. I mm-hmm. hate Jared Leto in this. Oh, yeah. I think he's like so selfish. Is, he's so selfish. And uh, like another line that uh, I, I forgot to mention, um, Janet Weber, um, the character with anorexia, and they like won't give her her clothes until she gains oh, weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, it was, they were watching the draft on the TV and they go December 3rd. And then Winona was like, I know someone whose birthday is like is December 3rd and she was like, well, he's a dead man now. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course I wouldn't want to wish anyone death, but uh, I thought that was kind of a funny moment. Cause I do not like Jared Leto in this movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no. Jared. Yeah, no, he was like such an unlikable character for him to be like the only man aside from like Jeffrey Tambor. I think who's like Mel then? I think Yeah. I love that guy though, the one that plays the um I think his character is John, right? Uh the orderly, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah me too. I like him. Um and then my other well it's on a fa- it's not like a favorite line, but when when Daisy's uh when like they find Daisy's body and then um she was it lisa comes upstairs and then winona's like super upset or susanna's super upset and then she like goes and looks through her pockets and she's like you pressed her buttons now you're gonna take the oh, money i know she's just like whatever she was just waiting for like an executioner like she was dead already like she was just waiting for someone to like be the one to like knock her over the edge kind of thing I was like, geez. And then I also, my other last favorite one is like that entire scene in the basement where she like confronts her with the journal. And it's like, fuck you to be judging any one of us. Like, you're cured. So, like, you're fine and you're going to forget. And then Susanna's just like, you're dead already, Lisa. Yeah. Like, this place is the only thing keeping you alive. Like, otherwise, you're just in the ground. And I like when she finally sees her in the end. I think she's like in in the room with the restraints. And then she's like, I'm not dead. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. so sad. Yeah, I, really, I really love that when Susanna says, No one cares if you die, Lisa, because mm-hmm. you're dead already. Your heart is cold. Yeah. It's so right. It's so perfect. I was like, Oh, God. I was like, Give them all the awards. Just, I wrote Lisa, just dot, 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 just wow. I mean, yeah, she, she was really great in the end of that, I think. So, yeah, those are, those are mine. What are your, um, what are your hot takes, Jules? I don't have any, like, necessary hot takes because i wasn't thinking about that but maybe oh hating hating toby is my hot oh take. that's your hot take oh okay nice <laughs> hating, that, is, that, that is a hot take yeah and yeah and just the um overall our our guy listeners i would love to hear your opinions on this movie oh yeah i would just love to hear like like just like opinions like like 
open arms. I'm just curious. No. Well, when we get to be huge, we'll have a call-in number, a request line. We'll be like, call in, caller, what's your name? We'll have like a text, uh, like a little text thing and they can live text. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll have a whole like interactive uh, movie review thing. It'll be cool. So yeah, do you have any hot takes, Jai? I don't think so. I don't think I do. No. Um... Yeah, I forgot to mention how much I love um, Valerie. I think she's a great character. Uh, Whoopi? Yeah. I was just about to say, I feel like she deserved more screen time. Um, she, was, yeah. she was really good. I really like her. I and like I love like Whoopi. Yeah, no, she's she's amazing. I, yeah, she should have been, like, I feel like she was in it. She was in a lot of movies in the 90s. Yeah, Just stop seeing her. Yeah, well, I think she, like, I mean, at that point, she, like, could do her own thing. And now she's on The View. So she's, oh. like, so big. So she can just kind of, like, do what she wants, I think. Yeah. I also really love Vanessa Redgrave. She's I know. So yeah, she's so good. It's I just so remember her from Mission Impossible and Nip Talk. <laughs> I never watched Nip Talk. But... It's so good. It's such a fucked up show. I love Ryan Murphy, though. So it's such a fucked up show. Oh, yeah, you do. Of course. Uh, yeah, that's an early American Ryan Murphy. Story, right? Oh, my God. I'm going through American Horror Story withdrawals. The fact that we're, like, a year out <laughs> or a year delay and Macaulay Culkin's going to be in the new season. So I can't fucking wait. That is cool. Yeah, I can't wait. Apparently, it's about pilgrims. Mm. Oh, we're gonna go oh, interesting. into like the 1600s again, like they did with Roanoke. So I hope that they make it a little bit different. But I'm excited. But yeah, do you guys have any other any other uh, notes? I think this movie's super important for teenage girls to watch. Completely, it's an essential. You must watch it, and it's on Stars right now, or you can easily rent it. I believe, like many places. So yeah, it's pretty easily accessible, which is good. Hmm. Which is good. So, yeah, Might be a timeless film. It really is. Yeah, it's timeless, you're right. It really yeah. is. It's really good. Um, but yeah, so we've reached the end of the episode. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Fashion Grunge Pod, and you guys want to shout out your IG handles? I'll put them in the notes as well. Too. <laughs> sweet well thank you so much lauren for having us yeah dude this was awesome as always this was really fun uh doing it with you two jewels uh we don't get to do many together i know yeah it's good to get the whole group together to do it i know the gang's all back this is the perfect film too it is yeah i'm excited but yeah so um like and subscribe give us five stars and write us a review and we'll see you on the next one Bye. Bye. Bye.